0: So the readings on page 1141 if you want to follow it it's Romans chapter 15 verses 4 to 13 We're talking about hoping today and the readings about Christ the hope of Jews and Gentiles For everything that was written in the past was written to teachers so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures We might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I'll praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Morning. So after listening to me preach for about three and a half years, you may have picked up that I can get into some unlikely and unusual things. One of these has been a long-term interest in the fishing industry, which is bizarre, considering that I have never fished in my life. But I love watching documentaries and learning about industrial fishing. (laughs) There is something deeply enriching about the fishing way of life. Fishermen have an unusually trusting attitude and a practical determination to overcome adversity. And it fascinates me. One thing I can say for certain from all my research is that those who fish live in the constant hope of a good catch. Their incomes are not determined by contracts or number of hours worked but simply by timing how much they catch and when they catch it. Not only that, they are subject to a potentially demoralising set of variables. They exist within an environment that no human power can tame or control, with regulations, limits and competition that would rival any industry. They are always surrounded by danger and the fragility of both human and machine. And yet, they return again and again to both the riches and the perils of the sea with a smile on their faces and a song on their lips. They live in hope. Hope is defined in the English Oxford Dictionary as a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. The hope that the fishermen thrive on is built upon their knowledge of the past. They return to fishing grounds that have been abundant before and they use techniques that have been passed down or built upon over thousands of years in the expectation that the elusive fish will be where they want them to be. They do not hope for what they usually get, which is bad weather, failing equipment, empty or damaged nets, or other people, and this is their real pet hate, other people thriving on their preferred fishing grounds. Now, all of us hope don't we? We all hope for the best for the people that we love. We hope they'll thrive. We hope they'll fulfill their potential, get the rewards that they deserve. We hope they won't experience uh, too much adversity or challenge. We hope that they won't get hurt, suffer pain, or feel uncomfortable. We hope that they will have a good day A good week, a good month, a good year, we hope that they will have a good life. We live in hope, don't we, for ourselves and for the people that we love. And even generally on a wider scale, we hope the best for the whole world. But is this hope that we have just pie in the sky? Is it based upon nothing other than our desires and our wants and our dreams? If we hope that we don't get wet when it rains, we can do something to make that hope a reality. We can carry a waterproof or an umbrella. But for us to hope that it won't rain on any given day in November in the UK is hopeless. Why is it then that we remain so hopeful when so often what we and those we love face is not what we would have hoped for? Paul in his passage from Romans chapter 15, and I've forgotten what page it's on. I do apologise. Does anyone know what page it's on? 1141, thank you. If you've closed it, you can reopen it. So Paul is pretty clear in this passage that biblical hope isn't pie in the sky and that we can have realistic and legitimate Hope in Scripture. He says in verse 4 that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So, on the second Sunday in Advent, as we approach the coming of Jesus, we can look back 2,000 years to the Scriptures. And see that the hope of the Old Testament that Paul was writing about, because the New Testament wouldn't have been written yet, came in the flesh of a baby. A baby born into the darkness of struggle. There was exile, religious judgment, genocide, obvious misogyny and racism. Today, as we wait for Jesus in this season... There is also ample evidence in the world of all that darkness I just described. And yet, we can still have legitimate hope in Jesus. You see, the more we understand the suffering of the people of God and of God's love and providence for them, the more foundational our hope can be. Bishop Joe baptised and confirmed an Iranian couple just a week or two ago at St Paul's in Camberley. Eight weeks prior to that service, the couple had travelled to Britain over the English Channel in a small and crowded boat with their two small children. Bishop Joe said that the joy they had in their baptism was compelling and infectious now, there's no doubt that the others who were baptized that day, mainly young people, were also overjoyed and filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Iranian couple's hope in the gospel was so visibly strong and their testimony so powerful, perhaps because they had endured so much. The deeper the struggle, the darker the darkness, the more the hope. Most of us do not live or work between such a thin veil of life and death. We often live in the illusion that our successes are down to us, the good choices we make, the hard work we put in, the skills we have. We tend to rely upon ourselves, and this is to the detriment of our faith and hope that we can legitimately have in God. I would suggest that the Iranian couple's inspirational hope in the gospel in the face of unimaginable struggle comes not from their own achievements, but from God's. They will have traveled from a place of terror and persecution, somewhere dangerous and uncomfortable. No one would make a journey like the one they made if everything was sweetness and light at home. But however, we understand ourselves, however, we perceive ourselves, our church, or our nation, that couple felt included in the family of God as they found it in Camberley. Sophie, one of the ministers at St. Paul's, said, As they came out of the water, the shout of celebration from the couple's children was so joyful. It was special to have the Iranians make that stand and show the young people how much some have to sacrifice to follow Christ. She said it had a profound impact on them. I have the great privilege of witnessing two of our young people, Matthew and Benji, stand up for their faith and be confirmed this evening at St John's in West Byfleet. And I have to say, on hearing about their journeys to this point, it has been inspirational and a real encouragement to me in the passage that we've just read or that john's just read to us paul uses verse after verse from the old testament in the passage to illustrate god's intention to include everyone in his kingdom to bring all nations of the world into equal fellowship with his chosen people israel and god promised this from the start didn't he when he spoke of it to Abraham in Genesis 12, and it was accomplished through Jesus. If we can have hope in this, then we can have hope in the further promises of the New Testament, that Jesus will come again, justice will be done, and the tears will be wiped from every eye. Hope comes in the community of God. It's lived out in the relationship that we share with God and with each other. We journey alongside each other, sharing the triumphs and the sadnesses. It's together in community that we experience the hope of the gospel in baptism, in confirmation, and every single time we share bread and wine together in communion. There is profound hope when we realize that each person who kneels beside us to receive is known, loved and sustained by God. Back to my friends, the fishermen. Now fishermen, including their closest rivals in port even, see each other as brothers. They respond to each other's needs without thought of inconvenience or cost. For sure, they fish to make money But there are more important things in their code, namely the flourishing of both their brothers and their families. For these people who work incredibly hard under intense conditions for punishingly long hours, they share a sense of unity that is extremely rare to see, generally but extremely rare to see between what is essentially competing businesses. They rely upon each other and take hope from one another. They accept one another and are made stronger because of it. And we too are called, aren't we, to see each other as brothers and sisters. Paul says in verses six and seven, that with one voice and one mind, we should accept one another just as Christ has accepted us in order to bring praise to God. It's the unity that we share as equal followers of Christ that is key to the hope that we can have in God. Each of us has been received by Christ as a matter of pure grace. The same grace that is reached out and brought into the kingdom, people very different to us, all kinds of nations, races and backgrounds. And guess what? We are always going to be surrounded by disagreements and prejudice. Some of them will be ours, and some of them will be others. But we are called to ignore these. We're called to unite and love one another. See, our future hope is not built upon comparison or competition within this community but upon unity upon what we all share a hope in and a trust of god paul ends the passage in verse 13 with a prayer which holds the final key to having hope in the gospel he started with scripture explained its role and ends with the essential ingredient for hope the power of the Holy Spirit he prays may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit it's from the power of the Holy Spirit from which Jesus rose from the dead that enables the people of God to have hope for both now and eternity And as with everything with God, the hope we are given will be abundant. It will overflow. There will be so much of it that we won't be able to contain it. It will overflow out of us and into the lives of others. And because our God is so generous, as we share his promises with others, so we will be blessed. And at what better time could this happen? than now, as we prepare to receive so many people through our doors, a large percentage of whom know nothing of the hope that we share, who may be desperate and fearful, unsure of what the future holds, locked into an attitude of despondency and despair by the darkness that surrounds their lives. We are a people who are more familiar with darkness than we are with hope. But by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be filled with the hope that overflows. And as we interact with people who are coming to meet with the Lord Jesus this Christmas, let our prayer be that the hope we have found in Christ will overflow into their lives bringing the transformation and hope that only God can bring. Amen.